As one of the world's toughest off-road endurance races, where bikes, quads, cars and trucks traverse the toughest of terrain, the Dakar Rally needs no introduction. But did you know that this race is not only fueled by passion and an unquenchable sense of adventure? Increasingly, the rally is emphasizing the use of low-carbon alternatives to fuel its vehicles. In fact, the first 100% hydrogen-powered truck took to the dunes this year. Well, that spiked my interest because there is nothing like testing new technology in a competitive sporting landscape. To find out more, I invited Steve McAvoy, automotive lead at Explio, to today's episode to discuss the Dakar Rally and the importance of hydrogen in reducing emissions across the automotive industry. I am Pamela Log, and you are listening to the Energy Transitions Podcast. I think before we get into the nitty gritty of the discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your work at Explio? Yeah, sure. And it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so I'm Steve McAvoy. I'm the Vice President for Automotive for Explio Engineering. And I oversee all the engineering design activity that we undertake within automotive, particularly in the UK customers. So that can be everything from cars, whether they're internal combustion engine cars, where we're developing advanced driver assistance systems, or it can be uh, through to battery electric vehicles, which we're doing a lot on, and the new architecture, and uh, through to what we're working on with a number of companies at the moment, uh, hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. So I think for me, it would be really interesting to understand how is hydrogen factoring into the Dakar and what is the performance of these vehicles? If you can just give us a little bit more information. Uh, I think um, the hydrogen vehicles uh, are sort of new. Uh, We're not the only people that are looking at hydrogen into the Dakar, uh, but they're new to it. So uh, in terms of the performance in the rally, we will wait and see (laughs) what, what the performance looks like. I mean, Explio uh, believed, along with FASTA, that hydrogen vehicles could have a key part to play in a decarbonised automotive future. And since racing technology has always challenged the boundaries of what's possible in the automotive world, we figured it would be you know, an instrumental in driving the change in the, in the consumer car market. So with our technical and racing pedigree, we wanted to investigate really what the art of the possible was for a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. Now... Explio in particular focuses on a lot of green initiatives and in the automotive space in recent years that's been on developing and improving battery electric vehicles. It was our belief that with green hydrogen available and improved efficiencies in hydrogen fuel cell technologies that a hydrogen powered vehicle could and should play a part in the world's green mobility offering. So we chose the Dakar rally as it's as much a technology race as it is a sporting race um, so it has the potential to really drive the innovation and Dakar themselves or the Dakar rally themselves have already said that as part of their greener racing initiative that cars will be required to use alternative fuel sources by 2024 so they were keen to look at hydrogen options but 
with a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle, there's a number of issues to be considered. There's a lot of electronics on the car, which are all needed to be protected from the Dakar experience. You know, the heat, the dust, the water uh, that they can come across. Um, and hydrogen fuel cell vehicles have a lot of heavy components on them compared to an internal combustion engine vehicle, which again is not ideal for the Dakar, where you've got a lot of loose terrain that they've got to deal with. So we've got a a, a lot of uh, weight packaging solutions that we're perfecting, as well as cooling issues, which are critical for the performance of any hydrogen fuel cell system. Um, and that's just to name a, a few issues that we've got with the car. But the, to be fair, that's what makes it so interesting to develop a hydrogen vehicle to race in the Dakar, because as you say, it's the toughest automotive race on the planet. And if we can make a success there, it can be done anywhere. So clearly, uh, this technology has to be pretty durable if it's going to make it through a race like the Dakar. So that's really interesting to to consider. I think what I'd like to ask you, Steve, is, I mean, it, it's fascinating that the Dakar is really starting to set these kind of targets for emissions, for alternative technologies. I mean, there's really a, quite a push to go green. Do you see that there's a greater uptake? Are more people getting involved in this kind of technology and this rollout of cleaner technology? There, there, there is more more people uh, uh, looking at it uh, at the moment because, you know, there's a lot of people that see the potential in it for sure. Yes. So, but how many and how many bring it to reality? Um, we're waiting to see. It's looking like 2024 will be the uh, key year to see who comes to the race. Well, clearly there are a few prototypes during the round, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see how how they take shape. I would like to find out from you, in your opinion, I mean, hydrogen is a holy grail, but uh, in order to reach that holy grail, we have to overcome some challenges in terms of maybe cost or some of the technical specs development. In your opinion, what are some of those key challenges that we need to overcome in order to really develop this technology and, and get the most from it? Well, I think if we're looking at the hurdles, Explio took out a recent research report, I think it's called the, the Road to Hydrogen Cars and Making the Automotive Sector Cleaner. Uh, and that was specifically looking at the European automotive industry's perception of hydrogen energy uh, and looking at what the automotive leaders' views were for sort of, and we looked primarily, I suppose, at UK, Germany and France. And we found that the industry was... Yeah, hugely aware, obviously, of the potential of hydrogen. And anecdotally, we're seeing a lot of substantial investment across the automotive uh, ecosystem. You've got manufacturers such as Hyundai and Toyota, uh, and then they've got hydrogen fuel cell vehicles available to buy today. But they're doing a lot of work on industrialising the development of the fuel cells, making them more efficient in their conversion rate. Um, and auxiliary units, you know, reducing their weight size, uh, and reducing the cost of them. Uh, but the market's still young for hydrogen automotive vehicles. So it's not clear whether hydrogen will have a big future in the green automotive offering. Several automotive leaders we spoke to remain cautious about committing to the technology. That said, you know, hydrogen has long been considered the perfect clean solution. Uh, it's got zero emissions and for me makes perfect sense. Those systems exhaust water, and in theory, we have an abundance of hydrogen. 
the current problem is that the hydrogen being used um, is frequently not green hydrogen uh, and is often produced from natural gas, which obviously isn't uh, very green. However, the technology is now there and with some investment, we could produce green hydrogen. Various large organisations such as Siemens have produced studies to demonstrate this. So the number one hurdle for me to the hydrogen vehicle succeeding is ensuring that green hydrogen is commercially accessible. I suppose the second most commonly cited, and it was in our study, I think it was 37%, um, was the infrastructure and the limited number of hydrogen fuel service stations currently available. At the moment, there's only 11 service stations in the UK where you can get hydrogen fuel from. Um, and I think nine of those are in the southeast. So the success of hydrogen as part of the automotive sector is closely tied to the automotive manufacturer's belief. They've got to see that it uh, makes economic sense. And the energy providers and the governments investing in the advancement of green hydrogen technologies and the required infrastructure to enable the adoption of hydrogen-powered vehicles by the consumer. So as we know, um, hydrogen the hydrogen sector is quite nascent. Uh, it's still in the early stages of development in some in some arenas. Uh, do you believe that we're going to see some bullish developments in the market and, and really more of an uptake and a more rapid uptake of hydrogen and uh, hydrogen really taking its place in, in Europe's decarbonisation journey? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. The effects of climate change, um, yeah, they're becoming more regular and more severe. According to the International Energy Agency, the transport sector is responsible for around a quarter of direct CO2 emissions. So clearly, decarbonisation of transport is a prime component for the net zero ambitions. To achieve that, we need alternative fuel sources for the automotive industry yeah, it's it's critical that they decarbonise. Battery electric vehicles have been the big push in the last decade, and you know we've been involved as Expo in pushing that uh, significantly and um, improving their performance and uh, better solutions. But I don't believe that battery electric vehicles alone can be the sole solution. They're not always a convenient solution for the consumer. Hydrogen has risen up the agenda as one of the most promising options, I suppose, to reduce carbon emission. Um, it sits nicely with fighting climate change. Um, that has the advantage, I suppose, and why a number of organisations and governments are interested in it. They see it as an opportunity, as a new industry sector. It could stimulate economic growth and it could be creating uh, new industries and new jobs. Um, but for me, overall, I think if you look, if you improve the efficiency of the hydrogen fuel cell, and there's a lot of work saying that that can be achieved in the same way as if you go back 15 years to the batteries and the battery electric vehicles were nowhere near efficient enough and everyone said this would never work. Well, now it is a sensible option for a number of people and hydrogen fuel cells have the same capability. But for, uh, for me, for hydrogen fuel cells, they can provide a complementary alternative to a battery electric but potentially with the ease of use and the convenience, which is more similar to what we're used to in a standard internal combustion engine. But for hydrogen-powered vehicles to be a viable solution, the automotive industry needs green hydrogen infrastructure to be invested in. 
Before we conclude this uh, discussion today, Steve, for those who are listening, uh, the true Dakar enthusiasts, can you give us a little bit more information about uh, next steps or the, the focus for Explio and Faster? <laughs> um, well, I can take you back from you know, the, the idea of using a hydrogen-powered vehicle in the Dakar Rally um, from our side, from our sort of group, was born quite a few years ago um, through the automotive engineering company Faster, and particularly their leadership, which have been involved in the race and, and driving in it. Um, but to turn it into a reality, they needed the expertise of uh, an automotive uh, design partner uh, who had particular knowledge of uh, hydrogen mobility. So Explio was chosen to partner with them thanks to years of experience in design and development of vehicles, commercial vehicles, race vehicles, and the hydrogen solutions that we put in place on a number of these vehicles, not not before on a Dakar vehicle, but uh, the principle is obviously the same. Now, both organisations obviously had a passion for technology and racing. Like we've discussed already, we were aware of the effects of global warming and the world needing options to aid the greener fuel ambitions. So um, it was our belief that if we had a green hydrogen vehicle that we could race in the Dakar, it would really aid the development. Our goal was really for greener automotive technology advancement with this race. And like you said already, it's the toughest race in the world. If we could make a solution of it there, we could use hydrogen-powered vehicles anywhere. So, it, you know, there is the, the love of the race, the complexity of the race. But it's uh, for us, this, this race was more about the uh, technology advancement. Well, that does make sense indeed. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, uh, but Steve, I'd like to thank you so much for sharing your, your time, your passions and your enthusiasm for these uh, future technologies that we see coming to the fore. It is indeed an exciting landscape and uh, I really wish you all the best for your project and we will certainly keep an eye on, on these developments and the Dakar moving forward. Do you have any last thoughts or comments to share before we finish up? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. But we're all just looking forward to finishing off the development of our Dakar car and um, really excited to see how it performs in the rally. Absolutely. We'll definitely be watching and perhaps we can catch up with you a little bit later on uh, and find out how things are faring. But for now, uh, thank you so much to our listeners for joining us and thank you, Steve, for your time. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Energy Transitions podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. This episode was produced by myself, Pamela Larg, and Dean Ravel. For more information and insights into the energy transition, visit the Enlit website at enlit.world.